Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Yo. And today, in today's episode, we bring you a book review. But not any book review. This is uh, probably one of the most influential books on self-help meditation of all time, I want to say. This book was written by a man who sat on park benches for two years, and who, which I enjoyed very much. Uh, it's The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. No, that's some good credentials. So expect to be enlightened yeah. today, my friends. Get enlightened. Uh, and I must start with um, one thing you'll feel while you're reading the book, and I want to start by this, is you will feel so present while reading yeah. this text because the way he speaks, he um, talks to your more... It talks in a way that you start becoming aware of the smells around you, the the senses around you, everything. And by even by making, um, giving you some spaces in the book to actually pause and just, you know, it, it, all, it tells you like, when this symbol appears, take a moment and just, you know, enjoy what I just, yeah, what I just told and think you. think about it for a bit. And, yeah, and the more you, you read it and the more you actually, you know, get engaged in this content, at least for me, I started becoming and feeling so much better. Yeah. Because I noticed I was in like of a, I was getting dragged into a downward spiral of like social media yeah. and everything. Not even social media, but just all, always having to be entertained at all times. And at first, what I noticed is it's very uncomfortable. Let's say you're just sitting in your couch, not doing anything. Your first instinct is just like, oh, let's see what Instagram is up to and let's see what's happening. Yeah, it's a very easy trap. But if you kind of can just, if you can kind of just like let that go for a second and, you know, be present. Maybe even not look at social media as much for the period you're reading the book. You will feel absolutely incredible. And I can't explain it to you only reading. But yeah, I don't know what your thoughts, first yeah. thoughts are. I think are that's kind the, of the point. You, you can't really review of this book. explain it. And that's why this, this kind of reading is, I think, so good. Especially for our type of personalities. And probably if you're invested in self-help, you're probably the personality that's always <laughs> searching for more. Which is good. It means you're, you have ambition. You're striving for something. Yeah. But at, at the same time, you're very likely to get a bit lost and flustered in the middle of all of it. And what this book encourages encourages you to do is the, the pause and smell the roses mentality that I think most people, especially in this field, lack. And if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you are someone who doesn't really get the concept or enjoy the thing of stopping and smelling the roses. It doesn't sound appealing. It doesn't sound appealing to me, yeah. and that's why I think this book is so important. In books like this, more into the, I kind of, I don't like this expression, but es esoteric. I think <coughs> so. It's like a, it's a, it's a different kind of book. And at first, it's different because it, it's a different language he uses. It, it can come off as a bit woo woo, and if you're not really open and willing to give it a try, it kind of sounds lame at the beginning. At least that's what it sounds for me. But like I said, as you start reading and getting through the book, you, you get that that feeling of being more present and really feel, feeling more grounded in just in everyday life. You start you start taking into into your putting into your mind the concepts it talks about. And sometimes like I don't think it's it's really hard to explain the concepts he, he explains and I think he does a really good job at it. But it's like it says, it's like yeah. it's not a logic thing. It's just like a it's a, I don't like saying it, it's a spiritual thing, like, it's not, it's a, 
a kind of I think with this book it, it it's getting in touch with yourself, which is a very broad term, yep. but I think it's the only way to put it. It's it's not explainable by logic. You just have to sit there and kind of be present and get to know your your body, yeah, your feelings. The same reason with let's say you want to describe this moment or how you feel about this moment, you can't really put it into words. When you're really present, not just what your mind is telling you or what maybe a, a sudden emotion that popped up. When you're really, you can be really calm and focused in the moment, you can't describe it. You can yeah. say, oh, it's peaceful, it's tranquil, but it, it doesn't really Yeah, there's touch nothing, that's not one word is. that captures everything. You just, it's just yeah. that. And uh, for me, because like when I read this book for the first time, it wasn't this time, uh, it was when I was, I think, 18 or 17, so like two, three years ago. And um, it was the first time I actually got conscious and aware of the fact that you are not your thoughts. And like, if this is the first time, yeah, you're, a real or if you've never meditated, if you've never meditated or you never, you know, took the time to it, which is normal, you know, most people are never going to even find this content. That's perfectly okay. But because before I find all this meditation stuff and especially the power of now, everything, every thought that popped into my head was what I was. So if, if let's say I was saying to myself, oh man, I, I feel really bad today. I don't know. Maybe... I'm a bit anxious, then that's what I was. There was no like, oh, maybe this is just a thought. So I don't know. Maybe there's something else. Maybe it's just a, a feeling passing by. And when that click, which was reading the book, happened, which was, you are not your mind. Because you can look at your mind from like a third person's perspective. Mm -hmm. Even one thing I like to imagine is, if you imagine your thoughts as, like you're seeing it on a screen and the screen is getting further and further away, then all of a sudden you become aware of like, oh, so who is this person who's watching mm -hmm. this conversation happening or this whatever it is in my mind happening? Yeah. And if you don't know or you never experienced this feeling, you're probably thinking, well, these guys are crazy. I'm going to find another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but but, not, but it's truly a beautiful feeling. But hold on. Before you click away, I'll share the secret they don't want you to know. <laughs> no, but, it, but if you actually... You know, you start meditating and eventually you you get this realization. It's For me, it was one of the most like beautiful things that ever happened. Yeah. Because then whenever your mind is telling you like, oh, you're a piece of shit that sucks, you can just kind of look at it like, ha, that's funny. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, it's, I think that's the right word to describe. It's beautiful. Like, the, I think what, what, what this book was for you, it was what Radical Acceptance was for me. So it's another book kind of in the same yeah. the same kind of topic or um, yeah and yeah it's a really beautiful feeling when you when you get that that like mind shifting moment when you're like i am not the thoughts in my head so like they don't mean everything just because i'm thinking this doesn't mean i am this so once you you feel like once you get that moment and once you realize <laughs> it's okay to have bad thoughts and like yeah. that you are not those thoughts and that they are not necessarily right and most especially you don't feel bad for having those thoughts that's where like I don't know the first day like it's like I say you can't really explain it but for me like the first three days or a week after that moment it was just, like pure bliss every day just because yep. it was yep. such a like um, it, such, it was so mind-boggling that it was like a, I describe it as like a superpower it's like a superpower being able to distance yourself from your thoughts and yeah, this I think this book, yeah, it's the the most like I'd say it's the Bible of of being present if that, if it was a thing. And uh, yeah, I think it's, 
just getting a bit into the book, being a little bit more specific into the the actual things. Yeah. He he says I like some some quotes I highlighted in the in the book, so I'll just say um, he has a concept called watching the thinker, which is I think what what we're talking about. It's that that ability of yeah. distancing yourself from your thoughts and watching yourself like from a third person perspective. So like it was you, your thoughts, and then there's a watcher watching all of this that's also you but yeah it sounds batshit crazy but basically <laughs> it's just like in your everyday life if you think about it that like if you if you apply this concept you can just it's a you can apply it to everything so any routine activity that's like you normally it's just a um, a means to achieve something so maybe it's walking to the bus station it's riding your bike to work it's I don't know it. Whatever that that moment like that, you, there's nothing happening in your brain. Maybe you're just like you flew through it. It's your routine morning yeah. drive. If you stop in those moments, like in, it's what happens when I, every time I read books like this, and especially this book, you if you give your full attention to those moments, you find so much beauty inside of that routine that you do every day. And it's really once you do that, it's ridiculous that you. At least I think it's ridiculous how much time we. We spend waiting for for something. We're we're yeah. going on our drive to work. We're we're going to something, but we're never actually in the the moment, enjoying the thing yep, we're doing. Exactly. It's, it's such a mind shift. This book, I love it. Yeah, for me, like this week, actually putting what you just said more into practice, it was amazing because you're always thinking. We are always thinking, and that's maybe the first problem. We're always thinking, but yeah. to go, not so much spiritual guru on you. Because we're always thinking of, oh, I'm doing this because I want to get this. I want, I'm working because then I want the money. With the money, I can do this. And then when I do that, I'm going to get that. And then eventually, I won't have to do that anymore or whatever it is that you're thinking about. And it's so easy to, I feel like, to go a whole life doing that. And then reaching maybe you're 70 and then you, get a, you have a stroke. Then you can't move anymore. And, and you kind of look back and you're like, fuck, I kind of wasted all those years. Always going towards something which wasn't real. I was trying to find, you know, bliss. I was trying to find fulfillment in the outside world. When the only place you can find fulfillment is inside. It's kind of for how cheesy it may sound. Everything you're looking for, you already have. Just a matter of kind of finding it within yourself. Yeah, it's a matter of perspective. Because, yeah, because it's, but it's also, it's kind of hard to come with the, in, to acceptance with the reality that's, those boring things, those everyday things, are what actually matters. Like you waking up and brushing your teeth and looking outside and kind of being grateful for what you do. Maybe it's a shitty job, quote-unquote, for everyone else, but you're kind of like, huh, I find meaning in that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's all there is. There's no more... You're, already, you're kind of already at the top of the pyramid of fulfillment, let's say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that... Because also, before... Let me yeah, just yeah, finish this. Because not to say that you shouldn't have any goals or anything like that, because you should. And if you're an ambitious person, it would be harmful to you to do otherwise. But once you realize that you're going to feel the exact same way, once you achieve those goals as you do right now, then everything changes. Mm -hmm. Because that means that how you're feeling right now is what already is you're looking for. And it's kind of a mindfuck, but and hard to come you know, into conclusion. Because only after two years of reading the book, Am I kind of, you know, kind of accepting that? Like, huh, 
Yeah, that is. I still haven't accepted. It's like still one of the the biggest struggles (laughs) when when reading this book and thinking about this topic of like really, uh, like like you were saying, it's all a matter of perspective. So fulfillment comes from within. I think like for me, logically, it's very hard to think that and then conjugate it with the like being chasing stuff. So having goals. Yeah. That's still something I can't do, like, logically put the both together. I still, maybe I'm not mature, mature enough to still conjugate them. But it's something, I can't explain it logically, but it's funny that when I, when I get my mindfulness practices on point, when I meditate, when I'm reading these types of books, when I'm journaling, ex- like, breathe, doing breathing exercises, everything else comes easier. So I'm actually more productive I'm more con- uh, con- concentrated and I achieve more of my goals. But, yeah. like, okay, so experiencing it, it makes sense, but it's still something I can't explain logically. I think that's the point of it. Like, because if you were to think about it logically, yeah. it's like, uh, okay, everything, it everything, make sense. Yeah, yeah. everything you want is inside you already. So if you're like me two years ago, you just say, so where the fuck would I do anything if everything's inside me? And that's like the first thing everyone thinks about. If I, if, yeah. If, if, but if, but the thing yeah, is, go for it. Kind of to to kind of like, not answer, but to give my opinion that of answer to your point is. But that's the thing because if you imagine whatever goal you have, maybe let's say with a podcast, oh, I want to have one million uh, viewers per episode. But then if you if you really put yourself in those shoes at that moment, do you really feel any different inside? You're not a different person, because the the mistake we make is. We think that when we get there, we're going to be a different person. Yeah. But most, we're, we're still the same. You know, you do all these things, but your core of who you feel you are is always going to be the same. It's not like you suddenly get this and then you feel like fucking Brad Pitt or I don't know. It's, it's still you. And, but the thing is that I've realized is that since you can, you know, be present and kind of find that pleasure in everything, yeah. then, then you can, you can also do something you're not as driven to or something you're driven to. Since it's kind of the same thing, might as well do what you're kind of naturally driven to. And then you're going to be kind of, uh, what would I say? You're not going to be needy for the result. And then the result's going to come much easier. Because what what I feel like happens and happened to me is, let's say you want to build a business. And, oh, I want this, this, and this. And then when you actually hit them, you're like, oh, I hit this. And then it's it's very... It's the opposite of meaningful. Yeah. Because you hit all that and you're like, oh, that means I feel the exact same. It doesn't mean anything. So should I just keep going with this? And especially when athletes. Nothing at all. Really successful people get depression. Like if you see like really Olympic gold medalists when their career is over, like it, it shit hits the fan because they were so focused on that one physical specific goal, getting that medal. And then their athlete life is taken away from them. They get old. They can no longer compete. And it's like, what, what do I do now? What, what's my purpose? Yeah. And Cause, that's yeah, a we're tough always, question. We're always chasing something. Yeah. That's, but that's why you, you need to be, or not you need to be, but I feel like you, you person, are going to be happier if you focus on the moment and kind of, to a certain point, let go of how and when you need these things to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? I also saw this in the Joe Dispenza book, which is, you know, very spiritual and very woo-woo at first sight, but... I mean, I, I mean, I, to a certain point, agree with most of what he says, which is if you're very focused and you're very strict on, okay, I want this, and it needs to happen this way and by this time, 
then you're kind of blocking yourself from all the other possibilities to get there, but maybe in different ways in different times. And not to say that, because it can also happen the problem of paralysis by analysis, which is like, oh, I have all these options, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. But it's not like that, because if you're doing something towards that, then most of the times, if you're not thinking of what's going to happen next, things will kind of flow naturally after you after you thought your strategy out. But if you're always thinking, always like, oh, today wasn't so well, maybe I need to change the whole fucking strategy, then things break apart. Yeah, that's the, really the problem. Like, it, it's because uh, in the book, like, we're all chronic thinkers. So it's like, if you see most people nowadays, you can't, you're not in control of your thoughts. So, like, it's like, you're not in control of what, it's not, not that, but you can't stop yourself from, from thinking. Either, like, because if you never try meditation, you just, like, there's not even that capacity in you to realize that there is such thing as no thoughts or really just like the flow state you sometimes experience during meditation. And so it's like, it's yeah. something that's not even a possibility in your mind. I know it wasn't for me, like, there, was that, there wasn't that thing about sitting quiet and watching the thoughts go by. You were always engaged in a thought. And that's where most people are. And, yeah, I think that that's the... It's really, it's still, it's still the, the biggest, I think, thing I struggle with. It's conjugating those, those, those two aspects in a, in a logical fashion. But when, if, if I really think about it, it doesn't have to be logical. And that's kind of the part that bothers yeah. me. But it, it's, <laughs> the way, it's the way it is. Like, not everything is logical. We, we as humans, like, we like to yeah. think of ourselves as really logical beings. But we're not all that logical. We're full of biases and heuristics and... Our mind in our psychology is very easily tricked by, by random stuff, and we are not at all that logic. And I think that's something most people don't accept, or unconsciously they don't accept it. But it's something I think once you come to terms with, not everything has to make sense. Which for me it was especially difficult because I like to think of myself as a really logical per- person and reason like reason over everything. And that's also why this book does wonders for me because it's just the yeah. I think it's the opposite of what I naturally tend for, and it just. But yeah, you just sometimes it's it's, like, it's the thing of sitting and stopping it and, and smelling the flowers. Like no matter how lame it sounds, you need that in your life in order not only to to like have a good life, like have, actually enjoy your the present moment, like daily enjoy the life you are you're living, but to keep yeah. going. Like you can't keep going always on. On the that thought, that chronic thought process, you you sometimes you if you don't stop to smell the roses, you, you eventually break down, and and that's what yeah. happens. Like if you but see, also here, uh, I think the thing like when you say keep going, I think when you are present, it's not about keeping going, you know, because yeah, you, you do it. It's not. It's not like it's not a struggle. No, but because just to talk about how he talks in the book is so when you are in the present moment, which is. You can't measure by time because it's just this moment. There's no fraction of time that you can measure this exact moment. Yeah. Th- which that means is all the past already happened, but it doesn't. It's not real anymore. It's all in your imagination. It's your memory. And then the future is yet to happen, so it's not real yet. Which means it's also your imagination. Which means that if you, then the problem comes here is. Because your brain is always going either through the past or the, the future. Your brain is never like, oh, my hands look really good in this moment right now. No, it's like, ah, and then tomorrow I have to do this work. And then after that, I have to go to the gym and then school. And then uh, since you're putting your all your focus on something that doesn't exist, you 
you can't enjoy what is, what actually is, which is right now. And like to getting back to what I was saying to you is the thing about when you, the mentality of like, oh, keep going kind of, which I, I really like also, it's like the David Goggins one kind of more jocular type of thing is that when you are present in the moment, doing those hard things, you're not thinking about keeping going. You're just thinking, you're not thinking, you're just feeling that thing yeah. in that moment. And you don't need to think about keeping going or watching a motivational video because literally there's nothing else. There's only that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's like, and you, that's really very interesting now, just talking about a bit like of those, if you're giving that, if you're trying to apply that to, for, let's say, exercise, which is like where the mo you see the most hardcore mentality, go big or go home, all day training, very intense. Like, the at the end of it, at least for me, when I'm at the gym, it's like it's like a meditation state actually like when you're in that difficult rep you're not thinking about I'm at least me I'm not really thinking about anything else I'm just like I'm there in the moment I'm doing it it's it's like you say you don't need that motivation video you don't need anything you just you're just there and it's funny like just a bit of a side note if you go to like the biggest if you see the bo biggest bodybuilders of all time Arnold Schwarzenegger Frank Zane, all at like the the top of their careers, their their peak performance, their peak bodies, they all had some kind of mindfulness practice, and they all talk about the gym in the same fashion. It was like a a mindfulness practice for them. So they were they they were when they were in the flow state all the every like during the yeah. whole session they were in the gym. Arnold calls it like he has a, the very famous orgasm thing, but if you yeah, see like it's exactly that. And if you see like Frank Zane, which is another very famous bodybuilder, he he actually has a, like a he had a master's degree in Buddhism, and in his wow. peak performance, he was the only one to beat Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which is just like a, a side note, and it's and it, it, he attributes it to like his mindfulness practice in the gym. Now I'm not going to say that's what made made him win, obviously, but. That if you see in all big, I think the biggest like athletes we we have, and you you see that mindfulness practice, and you, you can't really be the top on on the top of your performance if you are not in touch with with the present moment. Which is just a side note to say, just to, maybe to the people that are like me and like us, really are into towards productivity. You need this. This is not something like this isn't a side note in life where you. I mean, you, of course, you can opt for it, but you are just missing out on a lot of positive things in your life if you don't get in touch with this side of yourself and with this side of life. Yeah, because this side doesn't imply that the other side suffers at all. It just means that when you are doing the things from the other side, you're actually you're actually there, present. Because especially if you're doing a very stressful job or a business, which is well by nature stressful, then it's your brain is going to get caught in the routine of What's next? What's next? Solve this. Solve that. Solve that. And then if if you were to actually, you know, while you're solving a problem, you're just actually solving that one problem, then you'd solve that one problem better. Then you move to the next problem faster and you actually enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. And this race of solving problems is not to get anywhere. It's just to actually do the problem that is in front of you right now. Yeah. You know, you've seen quotes about this. There's a million of quotes about this. They're like the... The journey of 1,000 miles starts with a single step. That's it. Focusing on just the step that you have to take. Because mm -hmm. if you do enough of those steps, then you'll get to the 1,000 miles that you want to run. But it won't have, you won't be needy for it. Yeah. Because you're such in the moment of doing, well, the, the action that will get you there, the process, so to speak, 
that the the result kind of becomes a side effect of that. And that's kind of the, the hard thing for me also to kind of let go of the, I want that. But to get that, the best course of action, I don't feel like it's to shape your actions to get that. It's to, or let me rephrase that. The best thing to do is not to shape every action to get that. It's to, okay, these actions are going to get me there. Okay, I set that out. Now I'm going to do these actions and I'm going to forget about the goal. Mm-hmm. I'm already, you know, there's going to be another goal after that. But what matters is the actions I'm actually taking. Yeah, I think Instead it's... of you always being focused on, oh, I did this, which is going to lead to that. And then I'll do this and then I'll do that just to finish and I'll, I'll let you go. But for example, you think Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was 22 years old and he was at the peak of, not the peak, but he was a, uh, maybe at this peak of bodybuilding career. Do you think he was like, yeah, in 30 years, I'm going to be the... Uh, fuck, no, what's it called? When he wins the elections in the state, yeah, the, I think. The, 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 the mayor of California. I don't know what. Yeah, what, I don't think it's the mayor, but let's call it the mayor. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> because the bodybuilding is going to is going to leave me lead me to an acting career, which then is going to lead me to have a lot of popularity, yeah. which then is going to lead me to win this. No, it's, nah, it, was it was just, just having fo- orga- focusing was on having orgasms in the gym. <laughs> Quite literally, when he says yeah, it was like having an orgasm when he went to the gym. It's because he was there. Because you can't feel that if you're thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's it. No, that, that's uh, the perfect thing. And I, I just like to really outline all of this just by saying, and I think this is what I needed to hear two years ago. It's like, it's not a choice between, you don't have to choose between mindfulness and productivity. It's not like if you choose one, you lose the other. It's, yeah. it's quite the opposite of that. One, if you get both rights, they just continually enhance each other. So as you get more productive, yep. you get more mindfulness, more mindful in this, you get more mindful, you get more productive. It's like a never-ending loop of goodness. Your mindfulness practices enhance your everyday life. And by enhancing your everyday life, it, it, it actually means you're enjoying your, your daily life. And if you're enjoying things, guess what? It's a lot more easier to do them. Like, you think uh, if Arnold didn't enjoy going to the gym twice a day, five, seven times a week, he would do that and go on to be one of the biggest bodybuilders of all time? He wouldn't. If he hated it, he wouldn't Absolutely be there. No, not. he was there because he, he was having orgasms. And yep. and that's that's what, what people forget. We have all of that we have all that motivation just saying push through it and endure the pain, achieve success by, by all of the, the, the suffering you you we have gone through. Which has its place, but like if you actually go into the the, the core of it you will only do stuff to enjoy. We are animals and we, are, we, we, we seek out pleasure and we avoid pain. So if you're not enjoying your daily life and if you're not enjoying the, the, the path to your goal, you're not getting to your goal. That's bottom line. No one has yeah. the, that capability of keep pushing <laughs> the pain for the rest of their life. Some people have like higher capacities. We, we talked about David Goggins, Jocko Willings. But Which, just just to kind of side note, yeah. they enjoy, you know, they kind yeah, of enjoy they, that. they enjoy that pain. Yeah. That's the thing. They, they find meaning and joy in their pain. If you see talk, David Goggins talk about, like, pain, like, it's like the motherfucker loves it. We talked about it in the, the David Goggins podcast where he's, like, in, sitting in the shower and his wife wants to take him to the, to the fucking doctor and he's like, no, no, let me sit with this pain a bit more. It's like, yeah. okay, he, it sounds very brutal and, like, no one would want to go through that, but... He likes that, and that's why. He that's does what it. gives meaning to his life. That's what. Yeah, pain. He found it, meaning in pain. Yep, and absolutely. And yeah. but the thing here is, when we, for example, when we talk about pain, let's say you're in the gym, and well, of course it's pain when you're lifting those heavy weights. But the thing is, most of the 
the pain is not physical, it's emotional. And not really emotional, it's just your mind giving a thought to an emotion that just popped up. I noticed this this week, I would notice that a, a feeling would pop up. Maybe it's like in your chest when you're anxious. Mm-hmm. That feeling would pop up yeah, that's because, a really sometimes, good segment. Yeah. because sometimes those things pop up. You know, it just pop up and I'm like, okay. And then I noticed that my brain would give me an anxious thought just because of that. Not because I was actually anxious, just because that emotion popped up. And if I was to not think about anything, it would just go just as easy. But the brain kind of sees like, oh, I'm feeling this. That means that maybe I'm anxious. And then you start rationalizing. Oh, so how do I get rid of this anxiety? Maybe I need to do some social exercises and da 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 Maybe you just need to not think about it. Maybe when you're in the gym and you're in pain and you're hating it, it's not because you hate the pain. It's because your brain is giving a different meaning to that pain. If or that maybe, makes any sense. Yeah, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. And this is also, this is really good because this is the next part I wanted to go into. It's like, uh, this. Uh, he calls it in the book, like the pain body, which is yep. also a very good concept. If you never experience it, like every time you're feeling an emotion, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, you always feel it. And I think this is very important as, um, as a physical as a physical thing or physical pain in your body. So for a you, sensation, yeah. Yeah, sensation. For it to be there, there needs to be a sensation. It's not like a, it's not that a meta- metaphysical thing in your mind. If, you, if you're anxious, most likely you feel like a knot on your throat. You feel your chest tight. There's something there. And and most most of my life, like before getting into this kind of books and, and mindfulness, that pain I felt it was it was always constant there and. People never take time to acknowledge it. And that's why it, it has so much power over you. Because you never actually stop and get in touch with that pain. Like like you were saying in the gym when, to, when you're getting that pain in your chest and you're feeling worse about it. I argue it's not because you're... Like, it gets worse because you avoid it. It's like, oh, I'm feeling this pain. So you just you try to wrap your mind around something else just so you don't have to like feel that anymore or hide it. But if you actually like stop and if you... Like breathe into that area, you breathe into your chest, for example, if that's what's troubling you. It's it's still there, but it's a different kind of, of sensation, and that's not that same pain because you you actually feel that that you have some kind of control over it because it's not it's, you you by acknowledging it you you're acknowledging that it no longer has that power over you. It's still there, yep. but it no longer governs your your action. And I this is such a, a fucking mind blown for me. Once in like. Recently, I was just also losing track a bit of my mindfulness practices. I was getting a bit sloppy on meditation, on journaling. And so I was kind of getting a bit sloppy. And one day I was just like sitting in bed. I was really fucking tired. And I just like decided, yeah, let's meditate first. So I just sat a bit. And I, I just like, I just realized how much physical pain, like not not that pain or my, my, my knee hurts, or, but how much like pain was in my chest. So... And it was some like it, it was probably there, but it was growing and growing because I was getting so much so sloppy in my mindfulness practice, and I wasn't acknowledging it. But d- in that moment, I was just like, "Oh my god, this has been here for so long, and I haven't acknowledged it." Yep. And now that I'm getting more consistent with my mindfulness and reading these kinds of books, it's just I I still feel that pain, but it's, it's so much better. It's such a better relationship with myself and with that pain, and. It's such, a, it's such an important concept. I feel like most people really need to, to hear about it. Yeah, because... Uh, go, yeah, going to the emotion things again. Even the names we give, anxiety, uh, sadness, depression, if you were to not name those things, 
then there would just be feelings in your body. Yeah, it's like it I feel be such a tight in my throat. Yeah, that's anxiety. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I feel anxious. Then there's there's kind of like first of all this vision of what an anxious person is, and you kind of start relating to that. And then there's the oh, this anxiety you can deal with it this way, and then this way. Maybe you can go do out and do that. Depression. Oh, maybe you just need to do exercise. Blah 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 blah. Maybe you just need to be aware of it. Not to you know, exercise is very helpful to depression. Not saying any of that, but yeah. but that's more than just a feeling. That's a constant feeling throughout a lot of months. But if you're just feeling something, then don't name it. Just feel it. It's a feeling, and boom! Yeah. As soon as it came, as fast as it will go, because that's the problem. Like the problem and the the benefit. Like you have a mind, you can think, you can create technology, you can create a lot of things, uh, incredible things that give us a very comfortable and well, much better life than 50 years ago, 100 years ago. But on the other hand, it's very easy to get lost in it. It's kind of the same with before there was not enough food and people would die from hunger. Now the problem is people die much more from obesity than they die from hunger. Because you have the resources, you have everything available to you, but you have to contain yourself. And that becomes much harder because it's not easy to not go to your phone and check Instagram every five minutes. It's a, uh, an incredible, easy and pleasurable dopamine spike. Right there, just put your thumb on the home button, click on Instagram, there it, there it is. Easy as that. Yeah, that's gone. And My pain is gone. So, no longer feeling it. Yeah, and but the thing is, it's not gone. It's still yeah, there. It's, it's just getting getting ignored. And then when you go to bed, it kind of starts popping up again. You fall asleep, you wake up, it's still there, but worse. Mm-hmm. And now what? Now Yeah, now you put your headphones again, and you can keep doing this for your whole life. You can. Not your whole life, but that's what always... there will reach a point which is going to explode. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah that's... Go that's that's what always amazes me. It's how easy it is. Like no matter how many times I get this realization that, oh my god, I was feeling, I was ignoring my feelings so much, and I was ignoring this this sensations. It always fucking happens again. It's it's such an easy route to fall into. Just the, it's it's really easy for me just to fall to get, to slack off with this mindfulness practice yep. and. And I know that the benefits it brings to my life. I know how much how much better I feel when when I get it right. But it's it's like it's not something that it, it's also it's because it's not something that happens instantly. So if you don't meditate for one day, you don't feel it instantly. So it's uh, that uh, accumulating of days passing by, passing by, and you and then yeah, it's like I say, you get to the point where where like it's like what happened to me the other day. I was I was getting to sleep and I was like, whoa, there's this sensation in my chest i haven't felt in a long time and yep. and you're just like oh my god it happened again i fell into i slacked off with all of my mindfulness practices and i was getting back into the same old roots of of getting of being dominated by my thoughts and i mean it's something it's, it's frustrating at times just because it's it's like i was saying it's something you i already know and yeah it's just one of the things i really don't need to work work with and it also brings me so much benefits just because I think my personality is so oriented away from it. So I'm always, or yeah, I'm never, I'm never like, I, I'd never, I never say I'm like, oh, I'm excited to go meditate or, and I, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there are people like that, but I, I feel that there are people that, that they don't fall as easily into this trap as I do, but that doesn't really matter. That's not what, what it's about. I think just moving on from this, that's really another good concept I, I liked when in, in reading yeah. this, which is the, I think this is really where the, the, the thing of the power of now comes into into play, which is the, it calls it the joy 
of being? And he asks a really a really good question, which I'm really I'm which I'm trying to adopt to to think about uh, daily and ask this question for me from time to time, which is. Is there joy, ease, and lightness in what I'm doing? And if you ask this question to yourself, like, throughout the day, you will notice that, like, sometimes you are doing stuff and you're just, like, you are resenting the fact that you are doing them while you are doing them. And it's so hurtful for you and for the people around you when you when you do this. Like, if you're, let's say you're walking to work, you're walking to school, and you're, it's freezing cold, you're just like, oh, my God, I fucking hate my life. And, like, if you're not enjoying those moments like i think are you really enjoying life because that's that's most of life it's going to be a bit uncomfortable it's like you're not always going to be that that feeling that over the top happiness it's just going to be like calm and boring like you said like that's most of life and if there's not joy in that in those moments like most of your life you're not actually feeling joyful and it's a, it's like, it's your life, it's like you perceive it as a burden or a struggle. I think, I feel like that's the last thing you want to do, if you think, like, life is such a miracle in and of itself, and if you're seeing it as a burden, it's a really, it's a real shame, like, and yeah. a waste of potential, I'd say, with most people. Yeah, I, I feel like the same way, and, man, it's just, it's just, I want to just touch on something you said before this, which is, the the thing with being so easy to kind of lose track because it isn't it's kind of like Jocko says uh, Rome wasn't built in a day but it also didn't fall off in a day it was like yeah kind of slaking off slow and slow and slow and slow until one point you realize holy shit this is lost and it's so easy and it's and it's scary to be honest for me it's very scary because that means it can get to a point where I absolutely let go of all of this. And then I can realize, oh my lord, I just let all that time pass by and I fucked up. Yeah. But then once yeah, again, to kind of balance it out, if you, when you're present, none of that matters because that's already happened. It doesn't. It's not real anymore. So it's yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's like this. This thoughts only come up when you're like. Yeah. Uh, so more it's, stressed and. It's not kind really of. A, in touch with yourself. That's why it's such a hard concept for to grasp logically. You can't grasp this logically, and yeah. if you if you don't agree with this, then we sound like two fucking woo-woo crazy people I'm like yes the moment has, will bring everything you need which yeah. is kind of true but but yeah. yeah but we don't like hearing that like especially, especially our type of personality yeah. we don't like hearing that it sounds boring and yep. and lame to us but it, it has it's significant like if it didn't if that message wasn't, wasn't powerful it wouldn't have survived in throughout like million like thousands of years in almost every form of religion talks about it Buddhism, yeah. Christianism, Hinduism, they all value in one form or another the value of the present moment. Yeah. And like sometimes we just have to take ourselves away from the situation and realize, am I really that smarter and wise than, than the, this combination of thousands of wise <laughs> yeah. people before me? <laughs> most yeah. likely not. Like Most yeah. likely you're just a kid which isn't really mat- mature enough to, to, to uh, acknowledge all the power of these concepts. And Yep. Yeah, I think it's it's very difficult to talk to that kid because he just doesn't want to give a shit about what you have to say. But like, I think this is why it's so important to keep your your mind open to new concepts. And what I mean by that is not you don't you shouldn't be like you shouldn't have no values and be open to every opinion. I'm not. I I never advocate for that thing of like opinions are subjective and and like things being subjective. I think that's a really dark hole to get into. But 
there is serious power in keeping an open mind to, to different concepts. Which, yep. if you're, especially if you're young, because if you're young, you most likely don't know shit about anything. And that's where it, it's most important to listen to wise people that have gone through more things than you did. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's hard because that, that young person, or like we are young, but that person who doesn't like that, that thing, young or old, doesn't matter. Yeah. He's going to listen to like, yeah, sure, buddy. You can go meditate while I make millions of dollars, bro. Yeah, but then it's, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> because, it's hard. And I had that mentality and sometimes so it I. falls back into that. But it's, each thing would come, will come at its, at its time. And that person may never, you know, actually get to that point. Or he may get, even, even if he gets like super old, it'll be worth it. It will all be worth it. Yeah. And it, that's yeah. why sometimes when I'm talking about these things, and even if it's subjects, I strongly disagree with the other person. Knowing these concepts, I can be like, okay, chill, it's just an argument. Maybe I'd rather be friends with him than win this argument. So, yeah. moving on, next topic. Oh, by the way, dude, did you see the, the fucking game last night? Boom. I don't want to yeah. keep arguing about this. Yeah, I'd say if you're, like, if you're mindful and you're really in check with all of this, this kind of activities we're talking about, you don't... There's like... You, do, you don't get... As mad, and this is this is kind of a, a fun side note, but I, I noticed myself like, especially before getting into this this type of me like meditation practices, reading these types of books, I was really like an argumentative person. I really enjoyed arguing. I still do, but it was like from a place of I want to sh show this guy how fucking dumb he is and how right I am and how wrong he is. Yeah. And every discussion I had was just like it was me trying to win over this person, and. By by definition, I was a very bad arguer because <laughs> yeah. I, okay, sure. I I like I think I'm good at employing logic and showing where he, the person was wrong, but I never got anyone to change their minds. You know why? Because if you're trying to win someone over, they're going to be defensive and they're not. Even if you're right, they don't give a shit because they're like our animal yep. part just gets into it. Like you feel offended, so you you pull back, and that's the like that's so that's so. It's so funny that I was just like just trying to force people into change. It was like such a, such a strange thing. And now that I, I just realized the other day I was having an argument, but I was like, I wasn't invested emotionally in it. Like if I, if I changed a person's mind, okay. If I didn't, it was like still okay. And by the funny part is by having that mentality, more people, I feel, listen to what I have to say and actually try to understand. Because if you like the person you're arguing with, you're most more. You're a lot more likely to try and understand them than yep. if it's like a douchebag. And you see, like this, another like side note. If you see, like, uh, if you know what who Steven Crowder is and mm. uh, the, the Change My Mind segments he does, yeah. like sometimes he, he isn't as effective because just people just hate him. Like people yep. will look like people like, uh, <laughs> just like say from the the far left, just look at him. It's like they devil. They demonize him. He's like this devil. Yeah. This white. Live like this white, right wing white male, devil racist whatever, and so they they don't they actually don't want to hear them. And if if you if on the the opposite side, if you, something someone doesn't know who he is, he's much much more likely to have a civil debate yep. and actually come more in out of that discussion more enriched. Absolutely, once yeah, like we we let our feelings get in the way of or of what we actually want. Because let's say you're from you were more uh, capitalist. When you're talking to somebody who's not, your your goal is for them to take more your perspective. 
but you don't get there by trying to sell them your idea right away or showing how bad their idea is. Yeah, find that. You get there by sympathizing. Exactly. And we're talking about Steven Crowder. If you've never watched the the segment, it's called Change My Mind, where yeah, pretty much pretty, pretty much he talks about very controversial topics, for example. He brings this kind of booth and it's in a cardboard saying, I'm pro-life, change my mind. And people go and try to change his mind. And in those discussions, he's very civil, always, you know, never uh, trying to, not even trying to win, but not, also not being aggressive or anything like that. He's really just saying, okay, so why do you think this? Hmm, but what if this happens, then what? And you see some people get there and they're like, okay, Stephen, let's talk about this. And you see like, yeah, okay, it's like, this, it's like the Jordan Peterson interviews. You see where the journalist is just trying to fuck him up. Like, so what you mean is, what you're saying is, and they're, yeah, and that, that leads nowhere because... Yeah, that's just a, a waste of potential of that conversation because, <laughs> especially like with the Jordan Peterson thing, there's so much you could learn from that man and you just come into it. Even if you disagree with him, there's yeah. so much you can learn from him. Yep. That by the way, he acts and, and, and carries himself. But you're just trying to make him trip over himself and show him, like, and try to fool him, try to show how dumb he is, whatever. You're just, and if you're taking taking that into daily life, if you're trying to do that with people, you just lose on such an amount of potential in enriching conversations because everyone has something to offer you, no matter how how whatever that person is, how unsuccess unsuccessful you may view them as. He's better than you in at some quality, at one quality at least, he's better than you. That's for sure. Yep. Everyone, that's that's a sure fact of life. If you know someone, he's better than you at something, whatever that is. And if you're if if you're not willing to accept that fact, you will lose on a, a lot of learning potential. That's and that's that's just facts. And I used to be like that, and it caused me, I'm sure, to lose a lot of enriching conversations just because of my ego. And yeah, that's why it's so important to keep these practices not only for yourself, but to the people around you, which which brings me to the the next point I want to make, I'd say mindfulness is like the meta the meta value or or, or the meta the meta skill. It's the skill by which by, by when you learn it, all all things improve just because of the the fact that you are doing mindful. If you're doing because, mindfulness because because you are mindful, yeah, because you yeah relationships business. Uh, your your body, fitness, health, everything gets better if you if you're mindful and if you have mindfulness practices. Yep, which is why it's so important. Absolutely, and you, yeah, it's it's that thing because uh, going back to it because I feel like a lot of this just comes back to the same thing is once you're in in that moment, oh, because you you have you have goals in every area of your life, and even if you don't write them down, you kind of know where you want to go, but. You want you want to go there because you think that life will be better when you get there. That's the fundamental yeah. fundamental reason why human beings chase things because you feel not uh, you don't feel good with with what you have right now. So you want something so you, in the hopes that you will feel better when you have those things. And most of the time, these goals we have: oh, I want to have a better body. I want to have more money. I want this. I want that. Uh, as soon as you pass the the basic level of I'm not poor anymore, I'm not obese, I'm not, you know, extremely depressed. Those things are not going to bring much if you don't actually enjoy the process to, to getting there. Because if you think about it, let's say the example of climbing a mountain. 99.9999% of the time is climbing the mountain. Only that 
that moment you reach the top and you take a, a breather and like, ah, that's it. That's, let's say, yeah. if it took you one year to climb the mountain, that's like, I don't know, that's 10 minutes. And then you come back down again or you keep going. You kind of, so why are you going to waste one year for 10 minutes or for whatever time it is? And that, which happens is there's a good quote, I don't know by whom, is another quote, but kind of the concept. Uh, so sometimes if you're poor, but you, you have goals, you can, you can feel bad, but at least you have hope. You know, that keeps you going. The hope that when, you, when I get there, everything will be nice. The thing is, rich people, sometimes they get there and they realize they have nothing and then they lose hope and then life has no meaning. Yeah, there's no hope. There's, a, there's no meaning. That's the thing. You lose all meaning to your life if you're always focused on the destination, on the top of the mountain. Yeah. And it's kind of, I feel like it's a balancing act as well. It's kind of balancing the looking, looking up to where you're going once in a while, but then looking forward and seeing what's actually happening and enjoying the moment, finding your meaning in that extremely boring thing you're doing. Because most things we're doing, if it's not watching videos or being on Instagram or Facebook, they're extremely boring. Like eating your breakfast if you're not watching anything. How boring is that? You're just eating. You're like, oh, Mm, good. Now I'm gonna go and walk to my work. Yeah, walk, walk, walk. On the walk. other end, which is, I think, it's very important to, when we're talking about these things, I, you, I think it's very important to pass the idea that it, it's not boring forever. It's only boring at the beginning because you're so yep. used to being stimulated. Yep. But what what happens? And I'm not at this point right now. I I used to have this, but I think I lost it recently just by slacking off. But once you get to a point where you aren't so you aren't addicted to to such like dopamine rushes, and you're actually present yeah. in your everyday life. Eating, for example, eating breakfast, I'd say it's a it's a really pleasant experience. Just eating in general, yep. being totally present, eating. There is so much value in that moment. Like you can be grateful for so many things for having food on your table, for the the if you're like eating an, an animal, the, a meal with an animal. Just you can be so grateful for the 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 fact that an animal or think about at least think about the fact that an animal a living being died yep. for you to be eating that that thing yeah. or whatever it is like some some life was taken to nourish you yep and and as I, you need to be aware of those things and respect them and you can't do that if you're that's like that's why we have such an epidemic of junk food and everything but people don't even care about about where their food comes from and that just comes from the the, the constant stimulation we are exposed to yep everything needs to be so in your face requiring no thought you just need to uh, eat yeah. the, the, the most appetizing food the most appetizing foods the 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 you need to watch the videos that that cause the least amount of brain power it's just it's like it's and it's once you get rid of that you start to enjoy start to get a different feeling of enjoyment you, you start I th i'd say that's what joy is yep. it's when you're you can be alone sitting there and just smiling at life yep absolutely that's at least for me and yeah and it's you know it's hard and it's it's hard but it's simple or it's simple but it's hard yeah that's, because like that's the bottom line because of when and i noticed this in myself when you're like youtube watching a lot of videos your attention is going from one place to the other in very quick uh time spawns once you stop that your brain is going to be all over the place and you sit down and you try to meditate for 20 minutes yeah good fucking luck with that you're gonna be like you your brain is just gonna be saying like oh my god what are you doing just go back to that we have stuff to do no you have no time for this right now let's go but you have yeah. to, but once you actually and it may, it may take a few days or something of maybe even no social media no 
external sources of pleasure like you know social media videos etc but it will reach a point where you kind of like and you won't notice it first it's kind of be like oh fuck i am present right now i am enjoying this moment this moment is better than any fucking video i could have watched better than any cheeseburger yeah. i could have stuffed on my mouth just breathing this moment right now is everything i need and then with that you can go and achieve everything you want knowing that you need none of those things and that's for me the main thing is knowing that you can still go out there and achieve all your goals and get everything but know that at the end of the day you don't need any of those things you already as you are are complete for as cheesy as that may sound you are already what you're meant to be and that's kind of yeah you are enough I think that's kind of hard to come enough. to terms with because everything we see from self-help and going to the gym and everything is i'm not complete right now and by doing these things i'm going to become a different person i'm going to reach a point where i'm so different that i'm the best version of myself quote unquote whatever that means and then i'll made it but no you're gonna feel maybe a bit different though maybe i'm a bit more talkative maybe i dress better maybe i'm more muscular but you're still you and that desire for something to fulfill you if you keep with that it's gonna still be there and that's kind of wherever you go there you absolutely are. it's that old saying yep and it's lame but it's true uh, yeah it's just, it's just simply put it's the truth you i think it's a, a very powerful concept just to acknowledge that you are already enough as you are there is nothing there is nothing missing for you to be happy it's like you don't have to have that yeah. that body the body of your dreams the the dream life dream house dream job those are things that they help yep i think it's very important to also real the realize the power of external factors because of course you li you live in, in you still you're still living in the world but all of those things they come second into into what you are your really your main source of of joy and purpose is which is that which is this is like the, the the i think it's for me it's really difficult to explain it but it's that's that natural source of or fountain i i'd say of like of joy you have inside of you, yourself which has been so hidden and occluded by all sort like especially in modern life such so so many distractions we have every day which is it's really dif difficult to tap into that natural source of of joy and gratefulness and purpose we already have inside of us yep. and it's something you, we may spend the rest of our lives working to to get there but i think at the end of the day it's the only the true it's the only true thing we should we should be searching for yep and with that i don't know if you have anything else to say but i feel like that's a nah, that's, that's a, a perfect end if i would say so myself to this podcast Uh, with that being said, this was the Searching for Meaning podcast by me, Gonzalo, and my brother, Tiago. If you want more content like this, but in a shorter format, you can follow us on Instagram at Paths of Meaning. That's P-A-T-H-S of Meaning on Instagram. So, next week, we still don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be interesting. I promise. <laughs> that's, a, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so. So it's good, baby. As always. It has been a pleasure, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.